Hello and welcome everybody to the Father, the Daughter, and the Holy Podcast. Join my father and I as we discuss relevant and meaningful ideas and values inspired by the weekly Torah portion. Our goal is to open our discussion to you in the hopes that it will give you something to think and reflect on, as well as be another interesting conversation that you can have with your family, friends, and peers. So let's delve right in. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Father, the Daughter, and the Holy Podcast. We've been away for a bit, but we're back. So, so today, this week's Parsha is Re'eh, and we are going to discuss something. What are we going to discuss today? Uh, I was thinking we'd discuss the next world. Ooh. 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 <laughs> right, so why is that ooh? Because it's like, it sounds heavy? No, I just... it sounds like death? No, I don't mind that. It's... Oh, no problem. <laughs> When people say the next world, I always just get like, how do you know? There's so little said, really. And I, there's, everyone's got something to say. It's like when people talk about Mashiach, I kind of put my guard up. I'm like, yeah. And then they're going to talk about how bread is going to grow on the trees and the base of it is going to fall from the sky. And it's like when people yeah, talk bra. about the afterlife, it's bra. like, oh, yeah, we're going to like fly and we're going to be close to God, whatever that means, and we're all going to have our portion, but we're not talking about something physical, so what the heck does that mean? Oh, bro, now you're making everything complex, and I don't even know where to start. Okay, well, that's the best place to start. <laughs> I was going to stop you so we can start at least at the first point, which is there seems to be nothing said in the Bible about the next world, even though there are allusions to it. The question is, why the silence? Why not just say... Be good in this world, and then you will inherit the next world. Yeah, we can start there. <laughs> Don't. And, and if you would have to fill in the blanks, you would say, well, the next world is, it's hard to describe, um, so we're not going to talk about it. But let's just say that it's there. <clears throat> and um, let me just tell you why. I'm, I'm saying, if I was the narrator of the Torah, I would say, let me just tell you why you should believe that it's there, because you don't really believe that this is the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't possibly think that this is it. Yeah, like, this is it. Like, this is God's great gift to man. You know, 70 years of, you know, which 45 years are going to the bathroom, sleeping, scratching <laughs> your head, figuring things out falling and breaking your leg, <laughs> staring at the ceiling in the clinic, wondering, what am I doing here? And then the other 45 years is like, uh, you know, other stuff. Basically, you have it figured out for about 15 years, maybe 10. <clears throat> so you get 10 years. Okay, but if that's the argument, then why are we even alive? Why shouldn't, like, why even is there a physical world? If we're going to be like, oh, really, this is yeah, it? Okay, so you're taking a minimalist position. You're saying, like, look, if God gave you, like, a second, then that's enough. No, I'm not because saying it's enough. Because he gave enough. you a second. So I'm not, there you go. I'm not saying, oh, it, uh, you know, dayenu kind of enough. I'm saying, uh, who, who are we to say that what we have isn't already wonderful? Well, we're not saying that, but we are saying that... I guess the analysis starts from, as it always needs to, in, th in a theological construct, it needs to start with God. So you're God, okay? 
God is now going to bequeath life onto the, the greatest being that he can come up with, which is the conscious being, mm-hmm. right? That's the greatest being he can come up with, the conscious being, which is, of course, you can become really, really conscious and become really, really great, but you're the conscious being who can appreciate God's existence. Okay. Okay. That, that makes sense so far, right? You're a creator. You're going to create something that can appreciate you, can at least know that you're there. Mm-hmm. In some way or another. Okay. So far, so good? So far, so okay, good. Okay, so you want to give this conscious being a big present. Big presents? Yeah. <laughs> and you want to say, look, I'm giving you the greatest thing. So the conscious being says, oh, good. Like, what is it? And, he's, and God says, it's life. Life itself. So you can be a conscious being. <clears throat> and you're like, oh, great. So... So when do I start? And God's like, now. You come out through your mother's <laughs> thing. Maybe you're conscious before or whatever. And then you're like, and then somebody slaps you. <laughs> <clears throat> and before you know it, they're like swaddling you and like putting things in your body and pinching you and injecting you with fluids. You're not having a good time. <laughs> and then your brother beats you up before you know it. And then you go to school and things suck. <laughs> and, then, and then finally you get like a shred of consciousness when you're like 18. And you're like, oh, this is it. I understand everything now. And then two years later you just said, oh, man, I didn't understand nothing when I was 18. And then you're 25 and you're like, oh, man, what was I thinking five years ago? And then... And then finally, when you kind of like figure it out, you realize like it's, it is a scale. You're trying to become more and more conscious and it's a struggle and it's, it's like life. And you're like, okay, thanks God for giving me this whole struggle of consciousness. But is that it? Is that like the whole thing? It's like, so we can struggle and like get to that one moment of like Eureka, like, um, like, oh, I'm connecting now. I'm connecting, 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 now, 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 no, now, now I'm connecting. No, not before, now, no, now. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm trying to be, mm. make a point. So, the point is, is that if you start with God, and if you start with understanding that God is God, <laughs> <laughs> and He is everlasting and eternal, and He made a creature, And he said to the creator, um, this is what I'm giving you because this is my best shot, right? So the creature can say to him, say, really? This is your best shot? But hold it, though. It's it's not God saying, this is my best shot. This is God saying, this is what's best for you. Oh, is it? It's best to live for 10 years and then die? First of all, living, you're saying... Let's say you live like al maximo. You know, you're like super duper enlightened. You're Moshe Rabbeinu. I don't know, even Moshe Rabbeinu. Like, who's your greatest enlightened figure? Saying, it's configured... So you're going to say, okay, so then we're talking about a different issue about like why life configured so difficult and stuff. Because you need the difficulties to, in order to aspire, I'm just saying, it feels like a very is. huge assu- like assumption to take that life what we have is really the best thing, like, 
there's infinites, there's infinity with it. Like God is infinite. There could be so many more possibilities than there is now. But God said, this is, this is Tov. This is Tov Ma'od. Yeah, so what are you saying? So it must be Tov Ma'od. Oh, so you're just going to say like, I'm going to suspend all my reasoning and feeling and say like, I have to force this down my throat. This must be it. I'm not forcing it's, anything down my throat. Like I think I'm a, I'm a human being. I have aches and pains. I, I I can I can barely think. You know, like well, because what other op, what else could it possibly be? And you're saying, well, really, then the afterlife is really where it's at. Well, I, I'm going there, but you know, yeah. But it just doesn't make sense to me that that would be that you would create... be the ultimate. Because then why even bother being alive if the best part and the best thing God could give us is in the spiritual realm. Yeah, because, so there's like, it's like waiting online to get into the disco, or whatever they call it today. You're getting, you know, you're getting, you're just sitting online, and, you know, and you it's cold, and then, but you're sticking it out, and like people are pushing you, and you're sticking it out, and like, you know, if you start getting unruly, they'll throw you off the line, but you're like on the line, and, you know, you're doing, it's a necessary thing in order to get inside the room that you're trying to get into. So that's the way that's the that's the way we understand it. That's the way we understand it. That's the way I understand it. I I wouldn't be able to live myself with myself otherwise. I tell you the truth. You think life sucks so much? I I I I firmly believe in an afterlife because I don't think I would have big questions otherwise. Put it that way. Sing. I I mean you bury people. It's like that's the saddest thing in the world. Like that's it. They're just dead in the ground like what's the doesn't i mean anybody that comes in contact with death you know has got to think i I, look there's this is one argument the god argument i just think that god could do better and therefore the answer is yeah he did do better but he's just like when you're born into this world you're like shoved through this little canal that's like a couple inches wide and you're like (laughs) your face is all smushed (laughs) and you come out and you look like a prune okay so you kind of like go, the world itself, it's kind of like this, this small canal goes into this bigger canal. And now we're in this other canal. We're going like, <laughs> until we come out to the other side when we're, after we die. And then we're like, wow, this is it. Like now my soul and hopefully the consciousness that I built into my soul. Okay, because now a, you're throwing in a piece there. Yes, it's a piece. Now it's you're a throwing a piece. piece because in my- This is the necessity of living. To create consciousness in your soul, so that your soul is you somewhat. Okay, so fine. So you then, did something to it. Now there's a new there's a new piece there that I wasn't thinking. Which is, my my question was, if you have to go through life in order to get to the next life, it didn't make sense to me because we're saying you're going from a physical place to a, a spiritual place. So how does that translate? Why the necessity? to live physically, to therefore, to afterwards enjoy a spiritual life. It didn't, doesn't compute. But if you're saying that spiritual life will only be... Um, yes. Will only be there because we build it, our consciousness, and what you're basically saying, that spirituality and consciousness is the same. Right? Can I say that? Yeah, kind of. It's, I mean, there are, there are different things. Spirituality is things that are beyond. And consciousness is your awareness of yourself. But the point is... As you are aware of yourself, you become aware of your limits and you become aware of what it is that's beyond your limits. And then when you strive for those things that are beyond your limits, you're being spiritual. 
you're chasing after things of the spirit. Mm-hmm. The spirit meaning is not confined into your body. Mm-hmm. You understand? So the connecting factor here is that through the physical life, through life, we build up the part of ourselves, the, the consciousness that will therefore, therein afterwards, be able to enjoy the next world. Yes. Therefore, we must live in order to get into the disco. Exactly. Okay. I mean, it seems to be that's what the issue at the beginning of the Parsha. I just, I, I just feel, I, I've always asked this question, like there's this typical Medrash that says, like, you know, God says in the beginning of the Parsha, look, I'm giving you these, I'm giving you blessing and curse. And, you know, it's this whole spectacular thing, you know, when they're going to Israel, that they're going to get on different mountains and they're going to, they're going to try to impress the people about living well, because ultimately we all want to live well, right? And they're saying, look, this is the way to live well. You live with a blessing and, and you, you have a great, you know, the best you can get at this world. And then eventually you can go to the next world, right? Because that's the ultimate bracha. And it says, and the, and, and the, um, and the Midrash says, well, it's like, it's like, it's like there's, there's, this, uh, there's this guy who's like at the entrance of this like big uh, uh, natural uh, state park. And he says, look, there's, there's these two ways here. There's these two paths. This path, it's like full of, you know, obstacles and fallen trees and thorns and stuff. But like after, after you go for a while, you get past it, then it's like really beautiful at the end. Mm-hmm. And, and the other side is like, here, this part's like really beautiful for a while, but then at the end... It's like full of thistles and trees and it's like awful and very difficult, right? So, so obviously the first path seems to be the path that God is telling us to choose of the, you know, the path of the just and the other path is the path of the wicked, of the curse, right? Now, if you look at it, you could say, well, what, what kind of an argument is that? Like, what, what is that? What, what is that trying to show me? Like, it's... You know, six of this, half a dozen of the other. What's the difference if it's the beginning or the end? Mm-hmm. Right? And what basically it's saying is that it's not even a fair comparison, which is actually one of the questions I have always on this typical imagery, this medrash. But it's not even a fair question because when it says the end, he's like kind of tricking you into thinking it's just like the same distance as the beginning. But the beginning is temporal and the end is eternal. So the question, you have mm-hmm. to choose your path to know what kind of eternal path you want to take. I see. If you're going to do the path of struggle in the beginning, so your eternal path will be free and wide and open and beautiful and, and rewarding. Mm-hmm. And if you want to take the path that's like easy in, in during your life, which is temporal, then your eternal life will be like sucky. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So it's... It, we're kind of tapping into that discussion we had about blessing and, and klala. And... Um, how do you say klala in, in English curse. again? Curse. It's like the, the way of expansion and continuous opportunity and the way of, of closure and just constriction and less right, opportunity. Right, we did touch upon that mm-hmm. once. Yeah. Right. But this is, uh, I mean, this is as clear as you can get. Perhaps one other part from the Torah, Nitzavim, also talks about this idea of like, you know, choosing life. You know, I've given you God, like, this is the ultimatum that you have. Like you have life and you have death. You have curse, you have... And you have blessing, you know, you have uh, evil and you have good. And they all line up, right? Mm-hmm. However you want to explain each, you know, step of the way, the, why they each complement each other. But the point is, the point is, the um, point is, uh, like, the Torah is basically a, a, a work that's trying to say, look, live well. 
this, I want to give you a great gift, God is saying. I want, to, I want you to choose life because that's the gift that I want to give you. You have to choose it. If choose life because that's the gift that I want to give you, meaning if you choose life, and we're translating life here as good, as goodness, choose goodness, choose the choose righteousness, choose the, the high road. Which produces blessing. Which produces blessing, which in which produces, case you will get the ultimate good, which is right. infinite blessing right. in the next world. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And even though, you know, we are still going to be, I mean, whatever it means to be in the next world, which we're really not touching, but let's just say it's some kind of a consciousness of, of the expanse of God, something, right. however you understand that. But... Um, clearly, going through this tube in order to get there allows you to feel um, something as you do. <laughs> something having to do with you and your identity. In other words, if you're just going to get swallowed into something else without any consciousness. In other words, consciousness itself is something that I'm referring to as something personal, something that's you. Mm-hmm. Or as if you just dissolve and become some kind of a, a nothing, where we have no knowledge of, no knowledge of, uh, and and feeling of what it is that you are or were or anything. So then, I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't see it that way. Or as we, this is this comes into the other point that I'm saying. I I think. As I, as I study a little bit deeper the Kuzari, I think one of the Kuzari, Rabbi Levi's arguments in his book, The Kuzari, is basically that there are certain things that we intuitively feel to know to be true, and that even if you, if you try to philosophize about it, if you try to philosophize about it, um, you're never really going to come close to really expressing and explaining what it is. So one of those things he says is like, the ability to choose. Doesn't Rav Dessler have a whole, like, Nekudas Abhira, like, Rav Dessler Dessler goes into Bechira and choice a lot. He talks about it, but he's not talking about this particular point. Uh He's just describing what it is. But the the point that it exists is not something he discusses. You know, there are plenty of, uh, I don't know, academics, I'm not sure which category academic, but, you know, that talk about that we're all pre-programmed, basically. I mean, they just, you know, the the biologists and the the um, what's that word? Uh, whatever they're called. I forgot the name of the science, but basically, the ones that talk about um, evolutionary biology and Darwinism. No, no, no. The scientists that study it, coming up with theories, basically to say how the, the, the deeper we go into what human beings are and what they were, the more we, we feel that everything about us, even the things that we feel are ephemeral, are really just a bunch of chemicals. And that when you think you're choosing, you're really just pre-programmed to choose that way. Mm. And you could be pre-programmed to choose that way for millennia and for millions of years until, and it just gives you this figment of your imagination that you feel that you're actually choosing, but you're really not. It, you can argue yourself into a box trying to get, you know, trying to escape this issue. But what, what, one thing I'm just trying to say over here is that 
Rabbi Ralevi says, look, there's certain things that you just know to be true, that you just feel to be true. You wouldn't wait if you really believe that you didn't have the ability to choose. It would be very hard to get up in the morning. Right. Um, if you really, really understood what that meant, that you don't choose anything. Um, so mm-hmm. we innately feel that we choose, right? Mm-hmm. And that's tr- and that's just the truth of it. Right. And it doesn't need to be explained, right? The same way, um, the next world. I feel it perhaps a little bit more of a stretch, but. I do feel that the next world is just something innately people feel because we are, I can explain it as being like a soul because we're a God-created soul and your God-created soul just innately, you know, naturally, automatically feels that it's, it's going to live on. If, if we weren't that way, you would say, what kind of a stupidity is this that all these human beings are thinking that they're going to live on? Why would they think that way? I mean, just because we're smart enough to think about it? I mean, there's something about it that's just like, yeah, of course. It's not about, I mean, does, does a person really go, you know, no matter what kind of person it is, but let's say you're worst atheist in the world. Like, he's, he's like, he's really preparing himself to just to be, just shut the lights and then nothing. Yeah, like, people, like you get cremated and you return to the earth and... You return nothing. You're nothing. You don't exist anymore. Just say the ashes return to the You totally earth. don't exist. Nothing about you exists. Right. Nothing. Okay, I don't. I don't really. I, I would argue that people don't really think. That. I don't. I would argue that people really don't feel that way. They don't. They don't feel that that's true. Meaning they may say that, but yes. they're thinking I'll return to the earth and it'll be like a symbiotic relationship and I'll live on in the blades of grass that I feed. You know, however with my they ashes. imagine it. However they imagine it. You know, I wouldn't want to be a blade of grass. So that's, that's for sure. It could be well, a beautiful blade of grass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little big cow comes and like starts munching on you. <laughs> then you become part of the cow. Yeah, right, whatever. So, look, there's Buddhism that believes these kind of things and but and you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Reincarnations and Well, we believe in reincarnation yeah, also, so that's a that's a tricky that. one. We believe we that now you're getting into mysticism, but and that's something else. We I just feel that when we talk about the existence of what it means to not be here, I think we're going, we're going way beyond what we can understand. And the, the Talmud itself does say that. It says, you're not going to see it, you're not going to understand it, you're not going to be able to talk about it, so don't talk about it. And that's really one of the major reasons why the Torah itself doesn't talk about it. Don't the, talk about it, just believe it. it you know it. You, you know, know it's it. to be true. So I'm not, in other words, I'm going to say, okay... If, if you're really good here, I'm going to promise you this. And people are like, what? And they're like, you know, the whole thing, the next world. And they're like, yeah, but like, what does it look like? Like, you know, we're going to have music. I'm going to wear my clothes. I'm going to have like sneakers. You know what I'm saying? Then you bring it down and th- th- like you either get it or you don't get it. Meaning it's so big that you can't possibly explain it, and by explaining it, you'd ruin. You, you you'd ruin it, it. You and they'd be you like, can't "What?" Explain it. It's not. It's one of those. It's just like the, the. I think the Talmud, even though we can talk about prophecy, and we can talk about huge stuff, but we're not talking about the next world. And the, the Gemara shuts it down, not to shut it down, but just to say it's a wasted exercise. You can't talk about something you don't have the configuration to talk about. Hmm. We, don't, we can't talk about what it means to not be here. So then how could it be such a motivator? You're saying if you didn't know that there was a world to come, you wouldn't be able to just live with yourself. But I'm like, we don't even know what the next world is. So like, It's some continuation. How does... It's a continuation of your consciousness. That's the way I think about it. Okay, so what if it is? 
and therefore so you're like now you feel what you're like <laughs> in the ether of existence I don't just know. chilling there in the ether why does that make living life better because you're like aware you're like totally aware of god and the in expanse of his existence and the envelopment of his, of how you are a part of him the ultimate connection even those words are cheap but mm-hmm. i don't know think of better words that mean something to you hmm. anyways all right that's a point for today all right lots to think about yeah world to come bra get ready world to come if you think that this world is it well i wish you luck (laughs) wow we're being so not pc i love it yeah all right well good shabbos everybody or we're probably gonna let this out on sunday so (laughs) be blessed y'all and that's a wrap my friends we hope that our conversation inspired you and gave you something to chew on Please send us your feedback, questions, comments, topics you'd be interested in discussing, and even triggers so we can generate more relevant and meaningful conversation. You can contact us at fdhp.feedback at gmail.com. And we are wishing you a blessed week, and we'll catch you next time.